0: Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor bet builder. 18 plus be
1: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote
0: control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, everyone. What's up? Chelsea fans, I hope you're all feeling good. This is Xavier Mbouyamba. And you're listening to the Blue Day Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back my friends to the podcast that will never end. This is the Blue Day Podcast and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, the creator, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. Before this week's episode, I'll kick off with a few plugs. You can find us, the Blue Day Podcast, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Find us on there. It's got some great content for you to enjoy. And plus, we are also part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, which is a network of podcasts that don't just do football. They do a whole host of sports. Plus, they also have podcasts that discuss and analyse the previous night's football. So go check them out, the Sports Social Podcast Network. Coming up here, though, on the Blue Day podcast, we have a couple of player guests that will be coming on the show soon. We have one Clive Wilson, who played for Chelsea between 1987 and 1990. He will be on the show next week, reflecting back on his Chelsea FC career and Hopefully we will have a few more player guests that we will announce very soon, especially with a certain anniversary coming up. For today's episode, as Chelsea are playing Manchester City this weekend in the FA Cup semi-final, we are revisiting an old interview with Premier League winner and in fact FA Cup winner for Chelsea, Sean Wright Phillips. It was a great interview which I hope you will all enjoy. This was first released back in November of last year. So here it is, fellow Chelsea supporters. I hope you all still stay safe and carefree. Fellow Chelsea supporters, here at the Blue Day podcast, we are proud to have this individual on the show today. He is a man who made 125 appearances for the club, scoring 10 goals, and was part of a Chelsea side that won three trophies. The Community Shield in 2005, the Premier League in 2006, and the FA Cup in 2007. He is none other than Sean Wright-Phillips. Sean, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on.
0: That is absolutely fine. Sean, I just want to start, if I can, from the very beginning, when it came to deciding to become a footballer, who were your influences growing up as a child?
1: Um, it was, I think it was weird. Um, it quite hit me kind of late in terms of believing I could make it or even wanting to be, to be honest with you. But um, I think my mum, obviously my dad said, but I think my mum was the most important figure in my life at that time because she brought me to all the games and all the training sessions I needed to be. Be at and um, helped me along the way through the tough times.
0: Was there uh, like another career that you was thinking of if becoming a footballer did not work out?
1: (laughs) As a kid, you know what. As a kid, you know what it's like. A lot of things (laughs) um, go through your mind. Um, One of them was um, actually to be a fireman. The other one was um, to work in a bank. And I think the only one that I would actually (laughs) succeed in is um, being a fireman.
0: Okay. Okay. Is that because you like the uniform? <laughs> no, I just um,
1: I don't know. It's, it's nice to sometimes I always fall grown up, it's nice to be able to help people.
0: That's that's a good way of looking at it. Um, I just want to sort of go to, if I can, move on to sort of 2004, 2005, because you you had a good year with Manchester City, if I seem to remember. I think you you think you scored that 10, 11 goals that season. When did you first hear about? Chelsea's interest was it during that season or was it at the end of the season leading on to pre-season?
1: I kind of heard about it around the same time Um, I think Arsenal was sniffing around Um, yeah it it was a weird situation because it was Arsenal and then um, Chelsea came up and and basically said they wanted me really and um, Arsene Wenger as he does at that time wavered on a lot of situations and Uh, My dad and mum always brought me up to um, basically be on the page of you have to strike wide the iron's hot because you you never really know what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after.
0: Okay. What were your thoughts on both interests from Chelsea and Arsenal? Was you sort of maybe thinking there could be other clubs like Manchester United or Liverpool looking around or was it a case of it's either Chelsea or Arsenal for me? Um.
1: Once those two came up, I didn't, we didn't really think about any other options, to be totally honest with you. And, um, right. Arsenal was there at the time, and it was. It, obviously it's going to be in my mind because obviously Dad played for them, and it would it yes. have been a nice story to play for the same team as Dad. But um, seeing the way Mourinho had Chelsea playing and the, the, the players that were there, that, that was what sealed the deal for me.
0: Did your dad, Ian, give advice on the matter?
1: And his advice was basically what he's brought me up to and um, believed the whole time was um, you make your own path. You don't need to follow anybody else. And you are you, regardless of who your relatives or family are.
0: Right. Sean, when you were sort of traveling down to, to sign the contract, were there any butterflies in the stomach at all? Were there any doubts creeping in? Maybe I possibly not making the right choice. Maybe I should stay at City.
1: Um, no, there wasn't. There wasn't any doubts in in that respect. It was an emotional trip because I, as, as a kid at that age, you think you're going to stay at one one team for the rest of your life, but um, you quickly come to realise football doesn't always pan out like that. But once I knew it, it was a done deal, my, my focus and goals were solely on going to Chelsea to compete for a place and to help Chelsea um, win things, basically, regardless of how it happened or how I done it.
0: Right. Okay. So. You signed for Chelsea for around 21 million pounds. Now, 21 million pounds nowadays, you know, is sort of bargain it's peanuts, yeah. isn't it? Peanuts, yeah. <laughs> which and it is amazing to think like that. You're sort of looking at certain transfers now that you know the average price is what 40 to 50 million now. But back in 2005, 21 million was an extremely large amount, and not many. Football clubs around the world were spending that on one player looking back now did the fee and the numbers in the involved in the contract for example the wage play on your mind at all while at Chelsea especially that first season
1: no not really I think um, all numbers and stuff is something that two clubs decided I didn't I didn't negotiate my own contract I didn't negotiate the fee or anything like that I they, they signed me on my ability to play football, so I just went there to do that. Um, when I was going there and people were talking about it, I just left, let them talk about it. It's, it's not really m- my choice. Like they, it's not really my choice um, to do with like, the figures and stuff that come up. They, they come up with the stuff I always brought up, and my dad always said to me, you don't need to chase money as a footballer. If you're good enough at one point, it will eventually come. So I just always put my head down and just focused on playing football.
0: Yeah, so you've signed for Chelsea, that at the time, as you as you said before, were Premier League champions. Jose sort of had a a team that was moulded enough to be successful. Do you remember your first day of training, and what was it like? You know, ha- having Jose as the coach and having players train alongside you, like Drogba, Terry, Lampard, etc. Um,
1: it was a lot quicker. I knew. Um my first session, um, if I remember correctly, it was on tour in LA. Um, I think it, it was just so quick. I had to get on the same wavelength as seeing and opening my body up. And my first touch always had to be on point because at times in in attacks, I can let the attack down by not not moving quickly or seeing passes. So um, in respects of that, I, I had to learn that pretty quickly. I also noticed that the difference from when I was at City to Chelsea is that at that time, I was most probably the, the most important attacking player. So every time we did get the ball, the ball came to me quite quickly. Whereas when I signed for Chelsea, there was about eight <laughs> eight players in the team. So I had to learn to be um, obviously more patient. And then when I did get the ball, had to realize I didn't have to do something all the time. I could pop it off and somebody else could do what I thought, what I was meant to do and put myself in a better position to either roll the ball across the box or even score a goal. That
0: is good insight. You made your club debut against Arsenal, ironically, in the Community Shield. Uh, you made your Premier League debut a week later against Wigan. What were your memories of these particular occasions? You know, being sort of a new player, a new club, It obviously a little bit different to you because you've not been used to it for sort of so long. You know, whatever you mean. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, but what, what was your mindset, sort of looking at it? Because again, you've know, you just said you just sort of said it yourself. You was arguably the best player at Manchester City. You've gone into Chelsea with you know these huge superstars. You've come, you've come in. What was your mindset going in? You know, with that start of the season.
1: Um my mindset was the same in certain ways to be honest um i got to where i got to in football by just enjoying the game for what it was like it's football it's a passionate game um, i knew that in growing up in it it not always goes your way but the one thing i never not do is is work hard for my team because i know i can have a bad game but working hard is it, it should be number one on the list for you to do and if you do that then you're still helping your team in some way. So I knew as long as I work hard and when I do get the chances to either take my man on and try and make things happen for the team, then um, I think the best word to use is be positive all the time in in that team. Then I think I, I will do all right. So I just went there to enjoy it and basically show them that I can hang with them sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember actually there was one particular moment on your debut season because – and I. I was there live to see it. It was um, your assist for Hernan Crespo's goal against Real Betis at Stamford Bridge. I'm not sure if you remember it. I remember your I remember cross. It. You remember it. It was one of the best crosses I saw that season. It was stunning.
1: Um, yeah, like when you have strikers like Hernan and, and Didier, you was always taught like as a as a kid that you you don't always need to pick somebody out. It's, it's about areas and if you have strikers that know the areas, depending on obviously where the ball is, um, you, you know what areas to put it in and normally uh, they will get on it or there'll be a battle to get on it. So I knew how Hernan played just through training with him on a daily basis and the same with Didier and I always tried to hit the areas they like to be in.
0: Yeah, who would you say was the best striker you played with at Chelsea?
1: Um, it would have to be um, Didier.
0: Didier. Um,
1: yeah, for me, he he had everything you want as the standalone striker. Um, he could hold the ball up. He could win fouls. And all those defenders that thought, all right, we're just going to get tight because we don't want him to bring it down, he didn't. He didn't, then would roll them. So it, it was always good to have a striker that could just create something out of nothing because in football, everybody knows in 90 minutes that there isn't a team that literally – has the game for 90 minutes. Every team has a spell in a game, and in that spell, when your back's against the wall, you can give the ball to him, and it'll make something happen, and that's, that's great to have a striker, especially that's playing up top on his own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At the end of that season, Chelsea obviously win the league. You get your, you get your Premier League title. We didn't lose a home game at all that season, um, apart from the Champions League, but... In your sort of own performance that season, how do you think you fared in your debut campaign?
1: Um, I think I think I did okay. I think I could have or should have done a, a lot better. But um, as I said, coming from where I was before, it, it was a learning curve. Um, it wasn't so much a learning curve of playing in the Premier League. It was a learning curve within myself and in my ability, and obviously changing in a way the way I played because. It wasn't all the time I had to get the ball and do something, because I said earlier, it was more get the ball and pick the right times when to do something. And it was a matter of getting my head around all that, really, and um, making it work, basically.
0: Okay, we'll move on to um, the next season, which was 2006-2007. You do score for Chelsea in the end because the season before, unfortunately, you you didn't manage to find the net. But your first goal for Chelsea in a competitive game—do you remember who it was against? No, I actually don't. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly
1: okay. not one of those players. Like, I I don't. When I score a goal, it's kind of it's always been on to the next one. Yeah, sort of thing, and try to just better it all the time. I can't remember the the, the stands that. Was it at the end where there's like a glass box in the right corner? If you're facing the goal.
0: I believe it is, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, though, that season you did score a few uh, belters because you scored um, a, a great goal against Tottenham in the FA Cup.
1: And that which, was the replay, correct?
0: Yes, because yeah. uh, you know all, all Chelsea fans love it when... Chelsea players scores at White Hart Lane and you I remember that game vividly it was a one of the best performances I've seen Chelsea do at at White Hart Lane and then uh, it was near the April time you scored not just one but you scored two at West Ham Uh, yeah Uh, and I um, remember your celebration for the second goal
1: (laughs) I'm trying to forget it to be honest with you (laughs) (laughs) but you see the Spurs game was that. was an interesting one because the game at Stamford Bridge, I didn't start. And I was told I wasn't starting the first day before that game um, by Mourinho. Right. And he, and he basically said to me, you're not going to start this game, but um, if we are losing at halftime, I'll bring you on or before. And then we'll draw the game and we'll go to Spurs and win. And that is exactly what happened.
0: He was great at that, wasn't he? Because I've, <laughs> yeah. I've heard sort of different people say to me that he would predict something and people would be sort of either questioning it to themselves, not to him, and then it would come true. Yeah, And he was a master at that, I thought. Yeah, he was very good at it. And we didn't win the Premier League that season, but we did make the League Cup final and the FA Cup final. I just want to sort of briefly touch on with the League Cup final – just for clarifications, what was the reasons why you wasn't selected? Um, there
1: wasn't any reason. A manager, as as managers are, they they decide what they think is the best team and the best sub suitable for that game. And um, as a player, you have to respect that. He he has an idea and a, a view going into the game, and it's not just about me as much as I I would have wanted to play in that game and, or be involved in the squad. I respected the manager's decision and um, got on with it.
0: Right, I see, because then I remember at the time there was sort of like rumours whether he was injured and sort of whether, do remember, somebody was saying, oh, right, Phillips has had a row with the manager, he's going to hand in a transfer request, and it was all this sort of garbage, really. It was all this sort of nonsense talk, and it was sort of a case where some people, again, sort of looking back now, some people still didn't know The answer, people were whether it was a niggly injury or, as I just said, you know, Mourinho was sort of uh, fell out of love for you. So, yeah, I I, I do remember it. It was a bit of a shock because I thought, you know, that again that season, I thought you deserved to be part of that final because of how you performed in the leading weeks up to that particular game. But you weren't involved in the League Cup, but you did start the FA Cup final against Manchester United. Sean, that must have been a special moment for you and your family, surely. When did you know you were starting that game
1: um you, you, in that first of all in the to put some of the rumors to bed for some of the Chelsea guys <laughs> um, my time at marina I don't think we had one argument. um I respected the man's decisions because I thought he was a great manager at the at the time and even now um and that was just the only reason why but. Leading up to that game, you kind of do your positional play and um, check out systems of the way you want to play. And I was in a lot of them, and but you d- you don't get too excited about it because you know minds can change very quickly. So um, it was it was more confirmed on the Friday and obviously the Saturday morning.
0: Right. Okay. Do you remember much about that the game itself? And obviously, there must have been a huge a celebration afterwards. You know, with it being the last. Obviously, FA Cup final at Wembley as well.
1: Um, yeah, I just I remember like
0: the tactics.
1: Um, I I, w- I was on the pitch not only mainly because obviously attacking it because I I always tried to help my fullback and defend well for the team. And yes. um, I think Ronaldo at the time was <laughs> was on that wing, and he he was in um, rare informed. So M- Mourinho's game plan was at the time was that. Um, we're going to double up on him, and basically, when I do get the chances to attack, try and make him work the other other way. And, and to marina 's testament, it worked a dream, really, didn't it?
0: Yes, yes. And with that moment where sort of Drogba has that touch, Van der Sar sort of running towards him to try and sort of take the ball, and Drogba's sort of just touched past him, and the ball just. Sort of trickles in it was it it was it was a great moment it really was but if we move on to a couple of months later to the beginning of the oh seven oh eight season and you know I was looking back doing my research for this interview last couple of days and I was looking at the games and sort of looking back at the performances it was one utter bonkers season it was you know change of manager mid-season two cup final defeats I just want to start Sean if I can with the change of manager, you know, we discussed about Jose a, a, a little bit at the moment. He left in September of '07. It did rock the club that season and I think he even rocked the club sort of a, a few years after, really. But there have been rumours surrounding that particular day that he was let go. In particular how we the play we how the players heard of the sacking. And with what Jose said to them on that, on that day as well, there was, you know, there's rumours about players crying over it. There's rumours of players texting their agents or texting their sort of friends on their phone saying they're quite pleased. The fact that he's finally gone, you know, what were your thoughts on this situation? And, you know, again, what did Jose mean to you when you, when being at Chelsea?
1: Um, he he meant, meant a lot to me. For me, he was a, obviously not only a great manager, but um, he, he seemed like a great man away from the game as well, from what I got to know of him. So um, it, it was quite upsetting. But um, as professionals, you, you don't really get a chance to be upset when you're at clubs like Chelsea or if that, any club. Once, if a manager goes you're back in the fight to, to obviously play for the team and represent the club and, and especially for the fans, you know what I mean? They don't mm. deserve what comes with it. So um, I think when it happened, um, there was there was a lot of upset people in the change rooms. I, I didn't really hear about too much to do with these texting friends. That's, that's honestly the first I've heard of it. But um, For me, and I know a lot of other players, we were proper upset about it. But as I said, it we had that moment to upset and then it was out for training pretty much. So we had to kind of just get on with it.
0: What did you make of the replacement? Was you expecting, with all due respect to him, a more high caliber coach to come in rather than Avram Grant? What was your sort of initial thoughts on that?
1: Um, Yeah, in that aspect, I have to totally agree with you. I think after what, uh, Mourinho had done at the club and the success, success he brought in his spell there. Um, you wouldn't thought if he is going to sack, there would be somebody coming in with a CV like he's or if not better, but um, it wasn't to be. and But Avram Grant comes in, and, and to be fair to him, with the team that he, he had, he, he did pretty well with it.
0: Yeah, I thought we were unfortunate against Tottenham in that League Cup final um I'll try and not mention it too much because I'm I'm still annoyed with it even to this day but you know that's that particular season Chelsea don't win anything but we did reach the Champions League final now unfortunately you wasn't in the squad needless to say that must have been a kick in the bollocks for you surely
1: um yeah it it definitely hurt not playing hurts in general but that obviously like you know would would was even was even worse because i if i remember correctly i was i played in quite a few games before that mm. and and i personally thought i did i did well enough to at least be in the squad but um like you say re- regardless uh, i'm a player that r- respects my manager so he made that choice for whatever reason he did and um it's something that i have to um live with and it is what it is really but um, I was still there cheering for the fan, cheering for the team as a fan at that time of my friend's playing.
0: Did Avram give a particular reason why he wasn't selected, or was it just a case of he picked the eleven and that was it?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was either like I'm, I'm not really that person to ever be a bad egg around the club and upset the vibe of things, but. Um so I just I just got on with it, just went and got my seat and prepared to watch the game.
0: Right. I see. So again, the summer of two thousand and eight, England should have been in the Euros, but obviously it was not to be. But that summer of two thousand and eight, Chelsea changed their manager. We then get Luis Felipe Scolari in after Avram Grant was sacked. But you play, I believe it was one appearance for us at the start of the season against Portsmouth. I believe you came on as a as a sub. I, I was at that game. I was sitting in the Matthew Harding lower because it was where, that was a game where Deco scored a beauty yeah. on his debut past David James. But you were then sold back to Manchester City quite shortly after that game. Was this particular transfer in the works for some time? Was the uh, this uh, the admission from the Champions League final play a part in that move? Or, in fact, was this transfer done quite quickly?
1: Um, it was honestly done quite quickly. There was, at the time it happened, there wasn't a fault for me to leave Chelsea. Um, also, the, the club never said they wanted to get rid of me. They they were happy with me. But um, it was... It was more based around um, my situation for England. I, w- I was told that they, they wanted me to play more games more regularly to obviously go to the tournaments, et cetera. So, um, that, that all that move back to Man City happened in the space of 24, maybe 30 hours, to be honest with you.
0: Oh, wow. I, I see. And with that, I mean, I mean, you left. I, I remember all that whole story about we was trying to sign Robinho. And then it was a case of you know, we were haggling over fees with Real Madrid, and then all of a sudden he turns up at Manchester City. And, yeah, that that, 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 was, that was a crazy summer because it was – I remember we obviously sold you, and it was a case of, okay, we're selling right Phillips to bring someone else in. That player didn't turn up. Because he, so he ironically did go to Man City. But the manager that was assigned signed you from Manchester City was a former Chelsea player in Mark Hughes, what was that like? Just sort of quickly. What was that like to sort of work under him, you know, and being back at Manchester City for the second time?
1: Um, first, being back at Man City was it was always going to be amazing. Um, I said at some point when I left before I retired, I would hopefully get to have another spell there, and um, that was kind of what prompted it all in the, in, in the first place. But. Um, for me, working under Mark Hughes was actually really, really good. He was an amazing coach at his spell at City. Well, that I played under, I loved the way he played his attacking football, and obviously with the players that came in,
0: it, it it suited us all very well. Okay, before we do wrap this interview up, I just want to sort of ask, you know, how, how do you look back on your career at Chelsea? I know that you do a lot of stuff with Man City TV, and I know your affiliation is with Man City, but in the years that you were at Chelsea, how how do you look back on your time there?
1: Um, I think that the, my years that I was at Chelsea, um, for one, I loved the club. I loved that I thought the fans were um, amazing and still are, um, especially for me at my spell there. And um, they've always shown me respect and gratitude. Hence, the reason why when I ended up at QPR and I scored, I didn't celebrate. Celebrate, but <laughs> um, all the respect that they showed me through my career. Even through some of the tough times where sometimes it wasn't going my way, they still um, um shared for me and um, had my back so that that was just we just created it it's a great atmosphere um it is like my second family i I love the club and i I will never stop loving the club but um I think for me, as in um playing wise i think I sh- I could have done a lot better at At the time that was there or if not, if I'd got more opportunities, I would have done a lot better. But um, this is football and I went to that club for the big challenge and I tried to leave my mark.
0: I wasn't going to mention that QPR game, but as you as you have as you have actually mentioned it, I was there that day and I was spitting feathers as soon as I saw, because I was in the upper tier, and as soon as I sort of saw you lining up that shot, I thought it's going to go in. Please, for the love of God, let it hit Rose's Please, for the love of God, hit a QPR fan on the head. But no, it went in. And I was spitting feathers, not because obviously you scored and I weren't sort of, you know, um, effing and blinding at you, but it was just a case of... You know, damn. And again, looking back, it was you obviously gave your all for us. And I, there was moments where you you were fantastic for us. And I think again, as you rightfully put in this interview, there should have been more games you should have played. But I remember that game thinking of all the teams to score against us, yeah. and, and of and all that's... the players to score against us. <laughs> it had to be our rivals, uh, but. I blame but, Benitez for that, not you.
1: <laughs> that's that's exactly, to be honest, that's exactly what I say, that the only goal I scored for QPR just happened to be against Chelsea. I'd <laughs> like, why couldn't it have been anybody else? <laughs> um,
0: just just finally, before, before we do wrap this up, we're going to talk about the current affairs. Um, I did speak about this to a few other guests that we've had on the show particularly Ron Harris um what Sean what's your view on VAR? You're the wrong person I I hate it
1: (laughs) 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 Um, don't don't get me wrong I think it um it does help in some ways but um it's not very consistent for a start um I think they need I think if they're going to use it it needs to be ironed out but um I'd, I think it's taken a lot away from the game. Um, I think the passion, the bad decisions and things, the mistakes that are made, um, it that you're taking away people's time. Like you would go to the pub with your friend and you'd have a debate about it. That's mm. now gone. Mm. Now you're talking about a computer system with people on the monitor. I think that, most of them haven't played. They might have a ref in there. But I feel like if they're going to run VAR, um, it, it needs to be um, some form of ex-players or coaches in and around that, that area to help them with their decisions, especially um, in, in real time and slow-mo. That's, that's my personal opinion on it. But I don't like it.
0: I bet you must have hated it if um, VAR came about when you was playing. Yeah, I,
1: I don't think I would have liked it. I did, you can't even celebrate nowadays. Um, what game? I watched a game, I think it was the Scotland game, um, the penalties. He saves the penalty, he doesn't celebrate the goal. He, yes. he, he looks, you know what I mean, <laughs> when really he wanted to explode and he couldn't.
0: You know That's what I mean? right.
1: So, I don't really, it takes too much away from the game as in a personal manner, I think.
0: I totally agree with that. Final question, Sean, before we do let you go today. Um, we'll talk about obviously Chelsea now, but you played many times with Frank Lampard in the Chelsea side. But what are your thoughts on Frank as a manager? And what do you make of Chelsea this season? Do you think it will be a successful one? What's your thoughts on it?
1: Um, I think um, Frank's for a start, has done amazingly well. <laughs> I think especially in his first year. Um, I remember doing an interview when he got the job and somebody said, where do I think they finish? And I actually said, I think they'll finish in the top four. And they said, why? And I said, because if he gets them playing the way Frank played with the passion and the desire, especially to get on the end of things, um, he has a good team of players there. They might be young, but not a lot of people know what they're capable of. And they went out and basically showed what they were capable of and finishing in the top four. Um I think now it's, I still think he's doing really well, but it's, it's obviously a bit harder for him because now he has to make those decisions that some managers hate to make, where they have to leave big players out. Um, and he seems to be doing really, really well with it. I think Mendy and Goal has been a, a, a massive signing for them, which has shored up mm. the defense and they're defending really well. And when you have attackers like Hakim Zayek and Pulisic and Mount in the front three as well as, well as Timo um, I think he can't do much wrong with Kanto and <laughs> Giorgio or sitting sitting behind, if that makes sense so I think he's in a great position and as as long as they they play and breathe and wear the shirt the way he did I don't think Chelsea will have any problems being successful
0: Brilliant Fantastic well, Sean it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Blue Day podcast I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule Um Nice to speak to you for the podcast and all the best. All right, nice one. Thank you very much, man. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast Network.